Well, I absolutely love that song that my son wrote, simply because it captures what this day is all about. It is a day of hope. It is a day of victory, all because of what took place 2,000 years ago. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Do you believe that today? Come on, somebody. Hey, turn to your neighbor, look at him, and say, he is alive. Jesus is alive. Well, I just want to say welcome, happy Easter, honored that you're here today, and uh, we want to welcome all of those that are watching us online as well. And whether you are online or in the room, I just really believe that this day is a significant day, and it's my prayer, it's our heart's desire, it's, it's something we've been working for and working toward and praying over now for weeks that many of you here tonight or today, I should say, would truly experience the, a, a life-changing, transformational encounter with our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. You know, Easter is, without question, the most significant day and date in all of history. In fact, every date in history, including your birthday, is in relationship to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. In other words, when we say 2023 what are we saying 2023 from what it's 2023 from the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and so today we are here to celebrate him we're here to honor the name of Jesus and to celebrate and worship our risen Savior there are three English words that are that is translated he is risen that comes from one Greek word, and it's pronounced as egero. He is risen. Egero actually means, as it's translated, it goes like this. It is to awaken, to arouse from the dead. To awaken or to arouse from the dead. Kind of reminds me of a guy who came home late in the afternoon from work. And he had a dog, and his dog happened to come through the back door of his house, and unfortunately, this dog had in its mouth a dead bunny rabbit. It was a white, furry bunny rabbit, but unfortunately, it was dead, and it was in the mouth of his dog. Well, this guy instantly knew, and he recognized whose bunny this was, it happened to be his next door neighbor. So this guy was freaking out. He was like, oh my goodness, if my neighbor, if he, if he learns that, that, that my dog killed his bunny rabbit, he's not going to kill my dog, he's going to kill me. So this guy was processing, trying to strategize, how in the world can I, can I deal with this situation and rectify it? And so he came up with this idea, he took that, that little bunny rabbit, that little, that, that, that once little beautiful, precious little white fluffy bunny rabbit, he took it and he went and put it under the faucet. He cleaned it all up. He got his hair dryer and he blew it, got its hair all fluffy again. And then he thought, I'm going to wait for the appropriate moment. I'm going to go into the backyard and I'm going to put the bunny back in the cage where it was. And sure enough, he snuck over mission was accomplished. He was actually able to put that little bunny rabbit back in its cage. Well, several hours later, his neighbor came home. 
And when his neighbor happened to go into the backyard and he saw the cage and he saw the bunny rabbit, you heard this screeching, loud scream. The guy goes, oh my gosh. When he screamed so loud, the other guy heard him. So he rushed out. He peeked over the fence and he said, hey, buddy, is everything okay? And the neighbor goes, man, my, my rabbit died three, years ago, three, three days ago and I buried him and now he's back. Igaro, he is risen to awaken, to arouse. Now, we laugh at that, but the truth of the matter is, whether you believe it or not, and it's my prayer that you won't leave here as a skeptic, but you leave here today in your heart of hearts, truly embracing the fact that Jesus Christ is alive. He has risen from the grave. Those three words, he is risen. matter greatly to all of us and here's the reason why those words matter and the question is he is risen Agaro, does it matter to you what does it matter to you and to the entire world what well, matters a lot because everything hinges upon it in fact the bible actually answers the question whether jesus is risen or not and the significance of it in fact, if he is not risen, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17, it says, And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless, and you are still guilty of your sins. So therefore, if Jesus Christ did not come back to life, then everything we're doing here today, all of our focus, all of our energy, all of our effort that we've put into this day, and the billions of people around the world who are going to churches and houses of God, worshiping Jesus. If Jesus Christ did not come back to life, then it's all a waste of time. But if Jesus did come back to life, if he is risen, 1 Peter 1 verse 3 says it this way, In God's great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. The good news is, is that Jesus Christ did die. He was buried, and he did come back to life. And because of that, we have salvation. We have forgiveness of sin. We have hope, a living hope in this life, and a future hope in a place called heaven. For those of us in our heart of hearts who truly believe that he is risen. Agaro, that's a significant question that we all need to process. Is he risen? Do you know and do you understand the legitimacy of the fact that Jesus Christ is alive? Now the reason why I'm making a big deal about this is because I'm convinced there are a lot of people who believe in Jesus. But sadly and unfortunately, even though they believe in Jesus, they live their everyday lives as though he were dead. There are really, when you think about it, three groups of people when it comes to this whole world of Christianity. 
there are those who, what I would call casual believers. These are casual followers, casual Christians. In other words, I like to reference them more like practical atheists. You say, well, that's a little mean and offensive. What I mean by that is that their view and their approach to Christianity, their view when it comes to God, is really more of a practical atheist in the sense that the day-to-day teachings, the truth of God's word, his revelation to their everyday life, the relevancy of God's truth to their everyday life really doesn't exist. In other words, they're incognito. They're kind of camo with their Christianity. Nobody really even knows that they're followers of Jesus Christ. That's why I call them practical atheists. Why? Because their faith really doesn't cost them anything. They're casual about their faith. Then you have another group of people. And those are what I often refer to as the convenient followers of Jesus. You know, as long as they don't have anything else going on, you know, depending on what season it's in or what else is going on, if there's not any other options, you know, from time to time, they'll go to church when it's convenient, right? I mean, they'll look to God when they need God for something, kind of like the consumer Christian that basically has the mindset like a consumer of like, oh, well, God is good when I need him and he does good things for me. When it's convenient, in other words, I'll look to God and I'll lean on God when either he can bail me out of a crisis that I'm in or I really need God to open a door with this job interview or this girl I'm really wanting to ask out for a date. It's like the convenient aspect of our mindset when it comes to our relationship with God. It's casual, it's convenient, but again, their faith really doesn't cost them much. And then there's a third category. And the third category, they're not casual, and they don't see Christianity as an issue of convenience or inconvenience. No, they see it from a whole different perspective. They are what I call committed followers of Jesus Christ. It's kind of like when Jesus called his disciples in Matthew 16, verse 24 and 25. It says, if any of you, Jesus said, if any of you, wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will what? Say it out loud. You will lose it. But if you, if you will give up your life for my sake, you will what? Say it out loud. Save it. Committed Christians are a little different. They walk to a different beat. You know why? Because they go all in. They're not casual about it. They don't see their relationship with God as whether it's convenient or inconvenient. No, these individuals who are true followers of Jesus Christ, they have gone all in with their faith and their belief and their full devotion with Jesus. I want to point out some people that I refer to as committed Christians, committed followers of Jesus Christ. We like to call them here at Rethink Life our dream team. These are men and women. These are students. Hey, these are volunteers that you saw when you came into the parking lot today. Our parking lot guys, those that were out there greeting you and directing traffic. You know what? These guys 
they don't see that as something they do casually. They didn't look at the weather and say, oh, you know, it's a little, it's going to be a little stormy today. I don't want to get my hair wet. No, 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 no. I didn't have an issue with that. But the issue for these guys is, no, 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 we're all in. We're committed. When you came in, you saw greeters, and you saw people helping you with your children, and you saw all the moving parts and everything going on, our worship team, everybody, everybody, you know what, they are all in. They've given Jesus their all. They, They don't see their Christianity and their faith as casual or inconvenient. They give their time. They give their talents. They give their treasure. You know why? Because they don't see all of those things as work. They see it as worship. They're all in, in their heart, in their faith. Why? Because they understand the significance of what Jesus did over 2,000 years ago. That he died for their sin. He was placed in the tomb. And he came back to life. And when that happens in your heart, it resonates within your soul. I'm telling you, it changes your life. There is a renewed devotion There is an unresolved, there is a commitment that you have to want to go all in with Jesus because Jesus went all in for you. So the question is, is Jesus alive or not? What does Egero, he is risen, mean to you? What does it mean to your marriage? What does it mean to your family relationships? What does it mean to how you see the world? What does it mean to your everyday life? How you think, how you feel, how you live. What does Igero, he is risen, mean to you? Because if Jesus is truly alive, if he is risen, his truth, His life, his crucifixion, his death, his resurrection, it demands our entire life. But if he is not risen, (laughs) then this is all a hoax. Life really isn't worth living for. Because we have no salvation and we have no future hope. And my prayer today is that today you will understand something that I believe with all of my heart. Because I believe that one of the steps, if you will, that, that involves and engages our spiritual journey oftentimes begins with doubts. I'll repeat what I just said. Sometimes our spiritual journey as we're pursuing God actually can begin with doubts. I believe there are a lot of people who legitimately and sincerely have questions. They have maybe some doubts about whether or not Jesus is who he claimed to be. And that he has done and he will do what he said and what he claimed he would do. You see, there are a lot of people who have legitimate doubts, and that's okay. And you may be here today, and you're one of those who, who maybe have some, some sincere questions. You have some questions. You have some, some doubts related to this whole Jesus thing, this whole church thing, this whole Christianity thing. Well, that's okay. Because I want to introduce you to a guy that I believe 
is perhaps the most popular, most famous doubter in all of the Bible. In fact, if anything, I think he's been branded a little wrong. A lot of people refer to him as Doubting Thomas. Anybody ever heard of Doubting Thomas? Ever referenced somebody or maybe called somebody out as being a Doubting Thomas? Like they were a little, you know, they were questioning something. They were, they were apprehensive. They, they, they doubted. They didn't necessarily believe. And you call them out and say, oh, you're just, you're like a Doubting Thomas. Well, I think what we're going to realize and discern is that Thomas had legitimate questions. He had legitimate doubts. But rather than him actually being known for his doubts, what we're going to learn is that Thomas was actually someone of great faith. In fact, we're going to learn that he should have been labeled and branded as one of the greatest individuals of faith in all of Christianity. And here's the reason why. Because doubting Thomas, as many often refer to him as, was an individual who became one of those followers. Jesus had invited him to follow him like he had invited many others. And and so therefore, when Jesus died on the cross, and when they took his body and they placed Jesus' body into a grave, into a tomb, you know what Thomas did? Thomas bolted. He went missing for seven days. He was distraught. The other disciples, they gathered together because they were not only in shock, but they came together as believers. But Thomas disappeared. In the midst of those seven days, Thomas began to deconstruct his faith. And the reason why he had questions and the reason why he had doubts, because he knew in his heart of hearts, he wanted to believe that Jesus truly was the Messiah. But he couldn't come to grips with the fact that Jesus Christ, who claimed to be the Messiah, was dead and buried and placed into a grave. He couldn't go all in with a dead Savior and Messiah. And so as a result, his journey of faith began with some doubts. You know, it's interesting, Barna Research did a study here recently... This was all released during the COVID-19 pandemic. And in the past 23 years, over 40 million Americans have walked away from the faith. And half of them are now professing atheists, agnostics, or what is referred to as spiritualists. Pew Research has defined... Gen Z, Generation Z, is individuals basically born between 1997 and 2015, and they are referred to as the first post-Christian generation. Over 34% consider themselves non-religion or non-religious. 21% consider themselves atheists. And Barna Research states that only 4% of Generation Z, to put put that in perspective, basically you're your, your elementary, your middle school, your, your high school students, Generation Z, only 4% have what is referred to as a biblical world view. So they've been raised in a time in history, post-Christianity, where they have not been exposed to the biblical truths. They have not seen 
with their very own eyes the legitimacy of those who claim the name of Jesus Christ actually live what they say they believe. And again, a lot of people, they believe in Jesus, but they live their everyday lives as though he were dead. No wonder so many people have doubts. No wonder so many people are questioning the legitimacy. Well, can I share with you that when the disciples gathered together after Jesus Christ was crucified and placed into a tomb, they gathered together there in the room. And the Bible says in John 20, verses 24 through 25, one of the 12 disciples, Thomas, remember he was missing. He, he was distraught. He went AWOL. He disappeared. Thomas was not with the others when Jesus came and told them. So these disciples had gathered together they were with Jesus when they saw Jesus and he appeared before them. But Thomas was not. They said, we have seen the Lord. But then, eventually, Thomas enters into the picture. And when they told him about Jesus coming back to life, here's what he said. Thomas said, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. What was Thomas saying? I got to see it to believe it. I got to know for certain, for a fact, that if Jesus Christ truly is alive, then he demands my life. He demands my full devotion. I got to know whether or not he is risen or not, because I have to know and settle the doubt. You know, some of you here today, maybe you are a little bit like me, who went through a period in my life where I had a lot of questions, I, have a, I had a lot of doubts, I had some honest questions about whether or not I truly believed and whether or not I truly was a follower of Jesus. And the reason why I questioned was because I was raised in a Christian home. My dad happened to be a preacher. And what I struggled with, I struggled, did I believe because my parents were Christians and because my dad was a preacher? Or did I have my own faith? Did I really own my own faith? And a lot of times, I'll be honest, I struggled whether or not I would spend eternity in heaven. I struggled a lot of time, a lot of times whether or not my sin had truly been forgiven. I still carried guilt. I still carried a, a hole in my soul. I still had a lot of questions and concerns because there were a lot of complexities that I didn't fully understand and I had a hard time wrapping my mind around. And some of you can relate. Some of you have questions. And maybe one of the questions might be, well, could God ever truly love and forgive someone like me who's guilty of so much? You know, the Bible says there's none righteous, not even one. In other words, none of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes. We've all done things we wish we couldn't, we wish we wouldn't have done. A lot of times we live with those should-haves and could-haves of guilt and remorse, and, and we sometimes just wish, you know, I just I just wish I could make it all go away. But then we question, could God truly forgive someone like me? 
Can I just remind you today on this Easter Sunday that you are not defined by your past. You are defined by who Jesus Christ says you are. And you need to know that he loves you. And you need to know that God is for you. And he proved that by giving his son, Jesus, who died. And when he, listen, if when he spread his arms across that old rugged cross, if you want to know how much God loves you and how much he's willing to forgive you, he loves you so much that he was willing to die for you. So that you could be free from the bondage of sin. All guilt and shame, all the guilty stains could be washed away. Some of you here today perhaps are like others. Maybe you are just questioning the validity and the authenticity of Jesus and Christianity. And maybe one of the reasons for that is because you've been hurt. I call it church hurt. You've been hurt by spiritual figures or authorities or somebody that you looked up to or somebody you thought you could trust. And they let you down. They disappointed you. Maybe you've been exposed to other so-called Christians who kind of do one thing and say one thing, but yet live something completely different. And in your mind, you've thought to yourself countless times, well, if that's what it's all about, I don't need this. For some of you here today, maybe some of your questions and doubts might be all the why questions. Like we just encountered last week with a horrific shooting there in Nashville where innocent lives were taken. And that has become, sadly and unfortunately, too much of the norm in our world today. And a lot of people struggle with that. They say, well, well, if God is a loving God, if God genuinely cared, and if he still cares, then why is there so much hurt and pain and suffering? And why is there so much trouble in our world today? If that's the kind of God that I'm supposed to worship, I can't worship that kind of God when there's so much pain and suffering in our world. How could a loving God allow all these bad things to happen? You need to remember what Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. In this world, you will have problems. You know why? Because we live in a sin-stained, broken, fragile, dark, sinful world. And that's the reason why God still loves us. Because the Bible says, Romans 5, 8, God proved, he demonstrated his love towards you and me. And that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm telling you, there are just some questions that we may never ever get clear answers on, on this side of heaven. And if I were to stand here today and say, oh, no, 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 you can have all of your answers to all the questions you have in this life Hey, I promise you, I'd be lying to you because there are some mysteries when it comes to our journey of faith that sometimes leads us to doubt. But I'm here to tell you, I believe with all of my heart that with those doubts, it's okay. God can handle our questions and he can handle our doubts. But listen, even though it's okay to doubt, we must always allow our doubts to point us and to lead us to truth. And here's what... We also need to be reminded with. Because when Jesus died on the cross, what did he say? He died for the world. And right before he died, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So in that moment, 
of pain and suffering and agony. Jesus himself knew that what he came to do didn't make sense. But at the end of the day, he did it to fulfill the will of the Father so that we could have salvation and we could have the living hope because of the Garrow, his resurrection. He is risen. And so today, maybe you have some doubts and you just need to allow those doubts to lead you to the truth. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says it this way, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Listen, there's an invitation. And on this Easter Sunday, listen, April 9th, 2023, I believe with all my heart, God is saying, hey, seek me, come to me. James reminds us, if we will come close to him, he will come close to you. And can I just share with you from one friend to another, hey, at the end of the day, we are as close to God as we choose to be. So Egaro, he is risen. What does it mean to you? And for some of us, there are some legitimate doubts. But can I remind you that some of the greatest, most faithful, devoted followers of Jesus Christ the world has ever known, including Thomas, began with doubts. But those doubts eventually led them to discovery. You know, as I stated a few moments ago, I grew up in a Christian home and still had a lot of doubts. But here's what I want to remind you of today. Even though you may have some doubts, even though you may have some legitimate, sincere questions, if you will pursue God, if you will seek Him with all of your heart, I'm convinced, just like God did with me, God will give you exactly what you need to move from your doubt ultimately to discovering who God truly is. Because that's what He did with Thomas. In fact, the scripture says it this way in John 20, verses 26 through 27. A week later, his disciples were in the house again. And Thomas, this time, was with them. And notice, through the door, even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Thomas, put your finger here. Put your finger here in my hand. Put it in my side. Reach out and touch me. Stop doubting and believe. You see, Thomas needed to know for himself. He had to see it in order to believe it. Why? Because everything hinged upon it. If he was if Jesus was not risen, then he realized it was just a, a hoax. It was all a waste of time. But if Jesus truly was risen, for Thomas, it meant everything. He wanted to go all in and believe. That's what happened to me on April 22nd, 1984. When my oldest brother was radically changed through his personal encounter with Jesus Christ, as I stated I grew up in a preacher's home. I'm the youngest of four sons. And my oldest brother, Daniel, uh, he unfortunately decided to live a different lifestyle. Uh, became involved with the whole alcohol and drug scene. He was kind of part of the whole hippie movement and, you know, that whole era. And unfortunately lived a life of immorality. And 
one day my oldest brother Daniel came to faith in Jesus Christ, a preacher's kid, came to faith in Jesus Christ, and I'm telling you, Jesus radically changed his life, and God eventually called him into the ministry, and one night he was at a church in Fort Worth, Texas, and he was uh, invited to share his personal testimony, and my father, who was out of town at the time, he called me, and he said, son, he said, I want you to go hear your brother preach, and I didn't want to go, but because he was speaking that night, I thought I would just at least slip in on the back row and go and support him. And so here I was a few weeks before I was to graduate from high school, raised in a Christian home, a preacher's kid. But like I stated earlier, when I was a kid and really growing up even through my teenage years, I had a lot of confusion. I had a lot of questions. I had a lot of doubt. When I was six years old, I supposedly became a Christian. I supposedly gave my life to Jesus. I have no clue what happened. All I remember is that the next Sunday, whatever happened to me, I went into the baptistry at the church, and they actually had like a, like a tank of water up front. You know, there was like a choir, what they call a choir loft, and there was like this tank of water. And I went into that tank of water with the preacher the very next Sunday after whatever happened to me when I was six. And I went down dry, and I came up wet, and everybody applauded. And, man, I thought I was a Christian. And then that night when I slipped in and I was seated on the back row and I was listening to my oldest brother share his story, his testimony, all I could think about is the fact that my brother had something that I didn't have. There was something missing in my heart. There was a hole in my soul and I couldn't figure out for the life of me what it was that was missing. And as he concluded his message, I'll never forget, he gave what was referred to as an altar call. And I slipped out of my seat and I walked to the front and they had steps that led up to the stage. So I walked and this was totally out of character for me. I walked up the first few steps and I grabbed my brother's attention and he had a handheld microphone in his hand and here's what he did he cupped it with his hand to put his hand over the mic and he leaned over at me and I promise you is exactly what he said he said what do you need and I looked up to my brother with tears flowing down my face and I said Daniel I need what you have I need Jesus in my life. And I'll never forget that night on April 22nd, 1984. Here's what my brother did. He asked me to come up on stage and in the microphone in front of that small church congregation that night, he led me to faith in Jesus Christ. I prayed that night all of my questions, all of my doubts, all of the things that I struggled with in my heart of hearts, all of the things that I wondered, the fears, everything that I had. You know what I did? I asked Jesus Christ by faith to step out of heaven and to step into my heart. And I'm telling you, that night, Jesus Christ became real to me. He transformed me. Igero, I believed and I embraced the fact that Jesus was risen from the grave, and he is my Lord, and he is my God, and he has changed me. 
And I'm not saying that you have to know the exact time, the exact date, and the exact place of when you put your faith in Jesus Christ. But I am telling you this, that if you truly believe, Igero, he is risen, and you're a heart of hearts, and you say you believe, but you live as though he doesn't exist, then I would question whether or not you've truly been saved. Because again, we are as close to God as we choose to be. You see, there is a doubt process and phase that we go through. And sometimes those doubts can lead us to truth as we discover and we pursue God with all of our hearts. He will give us exactly what we need. And just like God used my brother's testimony that night to give me exactly what I needed to re reveal to my heart that even though I was religious, I was missing a relationship with Jesus Christ. And my greatest fear and concern for some of you here on this Easter Sunday, maybe for some of you, you've kind of viewed this whole Christianity thing, the whole church thing, it's kind of like a just a casual approach to something good. You know it's good. You're a good person. You want to do right. It's in your heart to do right. It's in your heart to be right. You, you, you want to be the kind of person in your heart you want to be. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's it's a little inconvenient. Sometimes that inconvenience can serve as a stumbling block for you to go all in because in your mind you're thinking, well, I can't live up to it. I can't fulfill it. I can't make that kind of commitment that I see other people make because I know I'll never measure up. Can I just speak the truth in love with you today? If your mindset is, is that I could never live up to this whole Christian life thing you're right you can it's impossible but the good news is because Jesus is alive the resurrection power of Jesus Christ if you allow it to transform your heart and you give your life to Jesus Jesus can live his life through you through your marriage through your family through your workplace through the choices and the decisions you make if you'll just give him a chance. If you allow him to take your doubts, move them to discovery, and then ultimately step across the line of faith to the point of belief. John 20, verse 28, when Thomas reached out and touched the nail-pierced hands of Jesus. As Thomas reached over and he touched the side, the wound of Jesus. Here's what he said. He said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. What you got to understand is that 
The very fact that Thomas was willing to say those words, my Lord and my God, out loud, would literally be putting his life and jeopardizing his life to a death sentence. Why? Because to a believing Jew that believed that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, that he was the Son of the living God, was blasphemy. And in his heart, because he moved from doubts through the discovery, because God revealed to himself to Thomas and gave him exactly what he needed, he believed in his heart and he said, my Lord and my God. He went all in. Because Jesus Christ, Egera, he is risen, took root in Thomas's heart. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus then told Thomas in John 20, verse 20, 29, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. As I said a few moments ago, I believe that Thomas kind of got a, a mislabeling, a bum rap. <laughs> he was misbranded. Because a lot of people, once again, they refer to him as Doubting Thomas. But I don't think so. I think Thomas became one of the greatest followers of Jesus Christ. One of the greatest giants of the faith this world has ever, ever known. Because of Agera, he is risen. Do you know that Thomas, listen to this. Between 52 A.D. and 72 A.D., Thomas, Doubting Thomas, led one of the greatest spiritual movements the world has ever known throughout the country of the continent of, of India. Listen to this. If you were to go to India to, the, to this day, you would still see the remnants of Thomas's life. And my question to you is, if Thomas's belief was committed enough for him to die for Jesus, my question to you on this Easter Sunday, is your belief, is your commitment to Jesus enough for you to live for him on this Easter? Doubt, discovery, which ultimately lead to a belief in the fact that Egera, he is risen. The question is, do we believe it or not? Let's bow our heads together, together in prayer. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, I'm going to ask that there be no one to get up and leave, if at all possible, unless it's an emergency that you need to tend to. But just in the quietness and the reverency of this moment, can I just ask you, on this Easter Sunday, April 9th, 2023, do you know Jesus? Do you know him beyond just a head knowledge? Do you know him in your heart? Have you moved from being religious to having a genuine 
relationship with him. And today, if you have the complete assurance, you know beyond any question, you know beyond any doubt that you have experienced salvation and this living hope through Jesus Christ because of putting your faith and your trust in him. If you believe that and you have trusted Christ as your Savior, and you know it beyond any doubt, you can say today, you have owned your faith in your own heart. Can I celebrate with you? Would you let me know by just holding up your hands all over this place today, saying, yes, I know for a fact I've put my faith in Jesus Christ. Would you just hold up your hand unashamedly, saying, yes, that's me today. I'm a true follower of him today. Some of you here today maybe could not raise your hand. You struggled in your heart truly and boldly being able to raise your hand and that's okay you're in a safe place today and I appreciate your transparency and your honesty and your sincerity and I just want to say that maybe you can't truly say in your heart of hearts that you've put your faith and trust in Jesus that in your heart you've really embraced you have truly believed that Jesus died for your sins was placed into a tomb and he came back to life so you could know him and have a relationship with him if you've never done that but today you would like to do that today on this Easter you would like to put your faith in Jesus whether you're in the room or you're watching online if you would like to put your faith in Jesus today and know once and for all that you are a true follower of Jesus would you pray this prayer in your heart just say dear God I confess to you that I am a sinner. I turn from my sin. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And by faith, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life to forgive me and to save me and to change me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. If you prayed that prayer just then, can I celebrate with you? Would you let me know on this Easter Sunday by just holding up your hand high all over this place today? Just hold it high toward heaven and say, hey, count me in. I just went all in with Jesus today. On April 9th, 2023, I just put my faith and my trust in Jesus Christ. That's awesome. That's awesome. Anybody else? Just hold up your hand high all over this place. Don't be ashamed. You're embarrassed. That's wonderful. We rejoice with the angels in heaven today. Any others? Any others? Wonderful. Thank you. Keep your hands down. Father, we celebrate with these today that have made life's greatest decision. I pray that many have moved away from doubts. Lord, they've discovered through the process, and today they have believed that Jesus truly is alive, and they have invited him to be their Lord and their Savior today. We celebrate all that you've done. Thank you, Jesus, for being raised back to life so that we could know you today. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, somebody. Let's give Jesus a round of applause.